الحمد لله اعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله والصلاه والسلام على رسول الله الامين محمد بن عبد الله واله وصحبه وسلم اللهم يا من ترانا وتسمعنا وتعلم حالنا ولا يخفى عليك كنه معرفتنا واحوالنا يا رب العالمين اللهم ربنا صل وسلم على حبيبك الامين سيدنا محمد واله وصحبه وسلم وانظر اللهم الينا بعين الرحمه وانظر اللهم الينا بعين الرحمه وانظر اللهم الينا بعين الرحمه تب علينا توبة النصوح أصلح اللهم منا الجسد والقلب والروح طهر اللهم أرسنتنا من الكذب وقلوبنا من النفاق وأعمالنا من الرياء وأبصارنا من الخيانة فإنك تعلم خائنة الأعين وتخفي الصدور ربنا آتي نفوسنا تقواها وذكها فإنك أنت خير من ذكاها رب اجعل جمعنا هذا جمع مباركا مرحومة واجعل اللهم تفرقنا من بعده تفرقا معصومة ورد الله فينا ولا معنا ولا منا شقيا ولا محرومة يا رب زدنا علما يا رب زدنا علما يا رب زدنا علما وزدنا فهما واجعلنا من الراشدين يا رب هيئ لنا من امرنا رشدا واجعل معونتك الحسنى لنا مددا بالاولياء بالصالحين بجمعهم من جاءنا القران عنهم مرشدا فرج بفضلك الهي كربنا يا خير مد الانام له يدا وصلي وسلم على سيدنا محمد واله وصحبه وسلم سبحان ربك رب العزه عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين الفاتحة بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين اهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين نعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين آمين بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم رب شرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحل العودة من لساني يفقه قولي ربي أودعينا أن أشكر نعمتك التي أنعمت علي وعلى والدي ونعمل صالحا ترضاه وأصلح لي في ذريتي إني تبت إليك وإني من المسلمين As I said I'm really 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 sorry uh, I know many people come early and I want people to go back home early but sometimes it's very difficult because there are other activities we need to do and when people say I want to get married you can't say no so we have to do the nikah I wish everybody lives in central London <laughs> makes it more easier uh, we discussed the difficulties the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam has faced while he's doing his da'wah and the people who used to accompany him the people who used to be closest to him among those who took the shihada of Islam used to be among the weak and the poor and the needy and the destitute and those who were captured from other lands and countries who were enslaved by the Arabs of Mecca. The Prophet wasallam. Allah has given him this because in his destiny, those were the best people. And I always tell people, don't judge people by the way they look. Don't judge people by the background they come from, if it is of poverty, of no knowledge because at the end of the day if you judge them that way you don't realize where do they sit in the sight of God because sometimes Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in his own judgment raises people in his own judgment the Prophet sallallahu the best of mankind who walked on this earth his people who were accepting him who were following him who were taking his teaching very seriously initially were very very poor people. People whom have no value, no place in the society. People who will not be married if they knock a door to ask for a girl to get married. People who will not 
even being allowed to sit in the majalis, in the gathering of those noble men of the time as they claim to be. Okay? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in the Quran, A'udhu billahi min ash-shaytanir rajim, wa kathalika fatanna ba'dahum bi-ba'din liyakulu, wa kathalika fatanna ba'dahum bi-ba'din liyakulu, aha'ula'i manna Allahu alayhim min baynina, alaysa Allahu bi-a'lam bi-shakirin. Al-an'am, the cattles, verse 51. Allah says, and this is the way we chose so that we can test some of them with others. So those who were weaker will say, are those Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has chosen them and given them a position better than us? This is the mushrikeen of Mecca. Allah is telling them, this is what you are doing. The mushrikeen of Mecca who felt that they have everything, riches, position in the society, and a place that makes them the nobles, the upper class, as they call it, whatever. So Allah said, they didn't understood those who were weaker than them were created especially and put in that position as a test for them. So today, for us to learn from the seerah, when we look at what they call the third world, the poor world, okay, the untouchable world, you can call it, in South America, in Africa, in India, in some part of Asia, those very, very poor people whom, to us, they have nothing to offer, they have nothing to show for, they are a test for us. Allah created them, Allah gave them that position to test us. In the meantime, we are a test for them. As Allah said in the verse, which we just recited now, okay? وَكَذَلِكَ فَتَنَّا بَعْضَهُمْ بِبَعْضٍ This Qisma, this division of having that kind of position is a test. So, when we sit here in our comfort in London, in our comfortable dwellings, in our income that is much better, and we look at people who cannot even find food to eat for their day, the cheapest yani, meal we can have in London okay, will cost a few dollars. There are some families cannot even find 30 cents to live in a day. And there are those who have nothing. So our test is, when we look at them, rather than saying, well, uh, this is their qismat, this is what Allah destined for them, is that? What is our role in that? What can we do? We need to have mercy in our heart. We need to realize every penny we gain, every comfort we have, is supposed to be shared with them. That's the idea. Because the whole matter is discussed by the prophets and Sayyidina Muhammad is to do with responsibility. And this responsibility is in the hand of those whom Allah give it to them. So if we have the wealth in our hand, we are responsible for the wealth on behalf of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we should share it with them. And for them, the test is not to look at us and to feel that Allah has neglected them. And that Whatever wrong we are doing, we should do like them or to do like us so that they can gain the position. And that's wrong. You go back to this country sometimes, you see some of them looking at the other world, not in the right eye, but the wrong eye. They want to do the wrong things to become good. You could see it even here. A lot of the kids in the school, they want to become rich 
fast. So the wicked one will tell them, the easiest way to do it is to rob. The easiest way to do it is to sell drugs. The easiest way to do it is to go through the haram ways. And you can make a lot of money and become rich that way. So that's a test. Sayyidina Muhammad has the poorest people with him, as Allah chose for him to have them, is because of that reason. Okay? Who are those poor people? Many of them. But the one that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has revealed Quran upon them or about them, the most famous is Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, any one of us will wish to be in his position. Bilal ibn Rabah, radiallahu ta'ala anhu. Sa'ad ibn Sharih, radiallahu ta'ala anhu. And many, many others we can mention. These are the noblest men ever to walk on this earth, other than prophets. Bilal, Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, Sa'ad ibn Sharih, and later on joined by others who came later, like okay, Abu Huraira, radiallahu ta'ala anhu, and many. Zayd ibn Haritha, they were so poor. They will go for days without eating. And the Prophet ﷺ, to be like them, he used to tie his stomach. He has his shoulder like this. He will tie his stomach to make himself not feel hunger. And sometimes he will pull his stomach in and put a little stone and then tie his belt. Unfortunately, today we only do these things to lower our weight, to become more okay, healthier or leaner because we eat too much, but the Prophet did not teach us that Ali Abdul Salatu was salam. Now, the Mushrikeen, subhanAllah, they said to Sayyidina Muhammad when they tried everything, Oh Muhammad, peace be upon you, if you really want us to come to you, if you really want us to accept what you teach, if you really want us to be amongst those who will accept what you are teaching, then those Men whom we have no value for, no place for, should not sit with you. What shall I do with them? He asked them. Just ask them to leave. At least when we come. You can give them what you teach, but we don't want them to sit with us. Why? Because they felt they are better. And this is exactly the trait of shaitan. When he felt Adam is lower than him. And a khayrun minhu, he said, I am better than him. What did Allah say? When they ask him to ask them to leave, Allah revealed in the Quran in Surah Al-An'am, verse 52: "A'udhu billahi min al-shaytan al-rajim, wa la tatrudi al-ladina yaduuna Rabbhum bil-ghadati wal-'ashi yuriduna wajha." O Muhammad, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, do not ask those, okay, who are very poor amongst your companion, okay, who are supporting this religion who are coming to sit with you only to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Early morning, early evening, if you look at them, they are only praising Allah and asking of His mercy and seeking His forgiveness. What do they want? They only want His faith subhanahu wa ta'ala. <coughs> Nothing else. They don't want anything. They're not worried about being punished in the hellfire. They don't really want a reward in the heavens or the gardens. They're not interested. Allah is their master. They are the servants. Allah can do anything with them. If he feels like rewarding them, alhamdulillah. If he wants to punish them, alhamdulillah. Why? Because they are servants. This is their position. They're not worshipping for gain. They're not worshipping for fear of loss. They are worshipping 
for the sake of thanking Allah for creating them and giving them the opportunity to worship him subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Allah has commanded Muhammad sallam not to ask them to leave, even if the mushrikeen are asking for them to leave. Why? Why did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ask Muhammad sallam not to ask them to leave when the rich among the mushrikeen comes to see him, even if they are promised to follow his path? Allah gives the answer in the Quran in two different areas. Okay? He says subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Al-Ma'idah. Okay? Verses 83 to 85. People can go back and refer to them. Allah said about them, those poor people, those who have no value, no place, no status. Allah said, أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم وإذا سمعوا ما أنزل على الرسول ترى أعينهم تفيض من الدمع ترى أعينهم تفيض من الدمع مما عرفوا من الحق يقولون ربنا آمنا فاكتبنا مع الشاهدين وما لنا لا نؤمن بالله وما جاءنا من الحق ونطمع أن يدخلنا ربنا مع القوم الصالحين فأثابهم الله ما قالوا جنات تجري من تحتها الأنهار خالدين فيها وذلك جزاء المحسنين صدق الله العظيم الله says O Muhammad صلى الله عليه وسلم those whom the mushrikeen are asking you to throw away those whom the mushrikeen feel belittled when they come to sit with you and they are sitting in your presence remember when the Quran is revealed to you and they are hearing it you see their eyes are filled with tears. They are tearing or crying because of what they are hearing. Okay? Why? Because they know what you relate to them is the truth. And they say while you are reciting, Our Lord, we believe. So write us among those who witness the revelation. And why shouldn't we believe? In Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and that which has come from him which is the truth and we hope we hope they don't think they are going to like some of us today feel because I'm a believer I have to go to heaven they declare their faith they believe and they know it's the truth but still they hope (coughs) we hope Allah will allow us to be among the righteous Allah will allow us to be among the righteous they didn't think they are righteous They never think they are righteous. They never put themselves in a higher place. They always think they are low, lowest of the low. But they hope, they pray, they wish from their heart Allah will make them one day among the righteous people, inshallah. Allah says, because of what they believe, because of what they feel, because of what they say genuinely and truthfully, Allah has rewarded them for what they have said. Gardens from beneath rivers will be flowing. Therein they will remain forever. And this is the reward of those who do good. This is the reward of those who will do good. This is one way Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling Sayyidina Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam why he should not ask those poor companions to leave. The other way in Surah Al-Kahf verse 28. Every Friday when you are reading it, Ponder upon verse 28. Allah said to the Prophet, not just to ask them to leave, 
when you are asked by the mushrikeen, but even you yourself, when you are in the masjid and you see them, stay with them. Don't leave their presence. Don't go away from them. Allah said to him, A'udhu billahi minash shaytanir rajim, wasbir nafsaka ma'alladheena yad'awna rabbahum bilghadati wal'ashi. And be patient. And stay with those who are mentioning the name of your Lord and praising Him and asking of His bounties and mercy and seeking His forgiveness early morning and early evening. So Allah is saying to Sayyidina Muhammad I'm not asking you to listen to the mushrikeen by letting them go. No, no, no. I'm not even saying to you, don't do that. I'm telling you that you should stay with them. Wasbir nafsaka. You, Muhammad Sallallahu when you see those poor believers with you, remembering me before sunrise and before sunset, sit with them. Okay? Why? You redo nawajha. Because they only want the face of Allah. Wala ta'adu aynaka anhum. And you should never take your eyes away from them. Just keep looking at them. Why should Muhammad Sallallahu look at them? Because they are the genuine, righteous, good people. Although they don't think so. They think they are not righteous. They are nothing. Because in the community, everybody is telling them, you are nothing, you have nothing. You are weak, you are poor. You, look at you, what do you have? They are always being told they are worse. And they think that. And subhanAllah for their own benefit. Because as a believer, every time you are pushed to go forward, you should retreat. Retreat, go back. Never, never put yourself to be better than anybody else. For Allah says to those who believe and understand the Quran, Never praise yourself and put yourself in a higher position for indeed Allah alone knows who is better and who is higher than other. A true believer will always think he is the lowest of the low. A, thumb, a person who has no understanding of faith properly or his faith is weak, he will always think, because I believe I am better. I'm going to go to heaven. How do you know? Didn't you hear the Bukhar Sadiq because he understood the Prophet when even Allah said to him, I am accepting you. I'm happy with you. Are you happy with me? He cried and said, of course I'm happy with Allah, but I will never be sure if my right foot is in paradise, my left foot will join it. As long as it's outside, it's upon Allah to decide where I am going to go. So this is the faith of a true believer and Abu Bakr Sadiq radiallahu ta'ala anhu. By the Prophet sallallahu word, his iman if you measure it, it measures Iman all the Ummah. Anybody who lives from Muhammad time to the end of time, as a believer, if you join all their Iman together, it will be equal to the Iman of Abu Bakr Siddiq. No man like him. That's a reality. Whether people know it or not know it, understand it or not understand it. Okay? Do not take your eyes away from them, Ya Muhammad. Keep looking at them. For they only want the face of Allah. When they sit in the mosque glorifying, they don't want to show. They don't want other people to praise them for what they do. They're not coming there for show or for dunya gains. They are coming there for my faith. Wanting the glitter of this world, Ya Muhammad. So this is a confirmation from Allah to Muhammad Sallallahu never to listen to the mushrikeen. Keep away from them. And there is a lesson here for us. When we are doing da'wah, we should never think that we are the one who will give the guidance. Never. If anybody thinks while you are giving da'wah, Alhamdulillah, I have guided so and so, Allah has given me permission to guide a thousand people. No, no, you don't guide nobody. 
الله فادت عند القران كلير لسيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم انك لن تهدي من احببت ولكن الله يهدي من يشاء او محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم يو دو نوت جايد ذوز هوم يو ويش اور ذوز هوم يو لاف بت انديد الله جايدز الهادي هو الله ذا جايد از ترولي الله سبحانه وتعالى وات از اور جوب از جاست تو جيف ا جود اكزامبل ناثينج ايلس وي ار تو جيف ا جود اكزامبل باي وات مينز باي شوينج جود كاركتر Good example in what we say and what we do. If we want people not to swear, we shouldn't do it. If we want people not to steal, we shouldn't steal. If we want people not to do bad, we shouldn't do bad. That's the way it is. If we want people to do good, we should encourage ourselves to do a lot of good. That's the way of Sayyidina Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam. Now, with this, still Sayyidina Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, In front of those mushrikeen was a liability, a big burden, and unless they can persuade him to leave his past, too many people will follow him. You know why? Because the majority of the people are poor. The majority of the people are needy. So everybody is going to join Muhammad Sallam who is making every man equal. No distinction. No differing between people only by their piety and the position of them worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this, there is no limit in it. You can do as much as you can and the closer you become to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So what they started doing next? Ridiculing Sayyidina Muhammad sallallahu Saying bad things to him. Testing him to his core by openly abusing him and saying things like what the Quran will tell us. A'udhu billahi minash shaytanir rajim wa idha ra'awka iyyattakhidhunaka illa huzwa ahadha alladhi ba'atha Allahu rasoola o Muhammad sallallahu When they look at you and they see you walking with your poor companions, they only ridicule you. And they say, is this the one whom Allah has sent as a messenger? He is striving to misguide us and take us away from our gods, their idols. And they try to say to themselves, well, Praise be to God, we are still holding tight to those gods. Which gods? The gods that they made by their own hands. The gods that they made from the rocks and from the wood and from the metal that they have manufactured by their hands. All these gods which they used to prostrate for, ask from, pain to, fear. They say, oh, thank God we are holding on to our gods. We're not really being misguided by Muhammad look at him from his misguidance he's having the poorest he's having the most weakest nobody whose wives will follow him and they know in their hearts he's telling the truth why because he never lies they know from their hearts that some of the richest men of Mecca the wisest men of Mecca were following him such as Abu Bakr Sadiq Sa'ad ibn Abi Waqas and Khadija his wife herself they know But they don't dare to mention it because they think still they have the power in their hands. Okay? Then, this is Surah Al-Furqan, by the way, verses 41 and 44. Then Allah says, in another place, from their ways of Radiqlina the Prophet they say to one another, أَرَأَيْتَ مَنِ اتَّخَذَ إِلَهَهُ هَوَا أَفَأَنْتَ تَكُنُ عَلَيْهِ وَكِيلًا أَمْ تَحْسَبْ أَنَّ أَكْثَرَهُمْ يَعْقِلُونَ إنهم إلا كالأنعام بل هم أضل 
Allah is reminding Sayyidina Muhammad Sallam here by telling him, Oh Muhammad Sallam, can't you see the one who has chosen his desire, his whim, to be his goal, following what he thinks is right. Many times we think the same way. We choose to do what we think is correct rather than going and acquiring what is right and following it. No, no, I think it's right. What you think is not the way we follow what he said subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Quran and what was revealed to Sayyidina Muhammad sallam is what is the truth. If it contradicts what we feel, we should leave what we feel and follow what was revealed. So Allah said to him subhanahu wa ta'ala, Ya Muhammad, haven't you seen the one who follows his desire as his own God? Do you think then this one you are going to be supporting and helping and being a witness for in the day of judgment? Allah says, indeed those people who do that are like the cattles. Indeed some of them who know the truth and they have heard it from your tongue, Muhammad, are worse than the animals. Now here, to me, we need to be very careful. When we come across people who are indeed thinking they know it all, or those who think what they know is that which will save them in the day of judgment, we don't argue with them. You leave them alone. As Muhammad Sallam has been advised. Because you are not going to do anything with them. Some people work hard and keep knocking and knocking as if they are hitting on a stone. You will never be able to get anywhere if you don't know what you are doing. You have to be very careful. Don't waste your time and don't do that which will make trouble for you. Too many questions they start coming his way, sallallahu alayhi wa Challenging him. Just like last week I told you, they came to him when they went to the Jews. What shall we do? How can we stop him? Ask him about the ruh. They said, go and ask him about the spirit. And they came. And Allah replied, none of you will know anything about the ruh. None of you. This is something of the commandment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Okay? They came to him and said to him, okay, we will believe in what you say. However, we want you to do something different. What do you want me to do? Okay? Oh Muhammad Sallam, bring us a different Quran than what you are reciting for us or change it. What a strange way. Why should I get a different Quran? And why should I change it? You know why? Because it did not sit properly in their heart. Because it tells them that which they don't want to hear. Because it is telling them what they do is wrong. Carving idols by their hands and putting them as gods in the holiest place, the Kaaba, is the most wickedest thing they have ever done. And if they do not refrain, they are going to be demeaned here and demeaned in the hereafter. They're going to be punished here and punished in the hereafter and their way will never stay. Tell them, oh Muhammad, here the truth has come. And the batil or the falsehood has vanished, for indeed by its nature, falsehood is ever vanishing. This is something that is very important. Allah told him to say this. Okay? Ma How can I change it? 
How can I? I'm not doing it myself. I'm not writing it by my hand. I'm not thinking about it. It is only being revealed to me. I can't change it. Then Allah comforted Muhammad by revealing to him this verse. وَكَذَلِكَ جَعَلْنَا لِكُلِّ نَبِيٍّ عَدُوًا مِنَ الْمُجْرِمِينَ وَكَذَلِكَ جَعَلْنَا لِكُلِّ نَبِيٍّ عَدُوًا مِنَ الْمُجْرِمِينَ وَكَفَى بِرَبِّكَ هَادِيًا وَنَصِيرًا Oh Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi for every prophet we have put together enemies among the wicked ones the criminals Allah called them criminals those who do not believe in him Mujrim is a criminal Al-Mujrimin, the criminal world. In this world, the criminals go to prisons. In the hereafter, the criminals go to Jahannam. They will be pulled from their noses to the hellfire. They can reject Allah here. But in the day of judgment, they will see their fate. Okay? So Allah is telling Muhammad look, if you have enemies, there are people before you among the prophets who have enemies. Isa had enemies who wanted to kill him. Sayyidina Musa had enemies. They wanted to kill him. They did a lot of things. They plotted against him, Pharaoh and his people. And many. Sayyidina Yahya was killed by his enemies. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, many prophets who were sent as messengers were killed. Many of them were punished, were beaten, like Sayyidina Yunus alayhi salam. So we need to think of this as a comforting verse to Sayyidina Muhammad at a challenging time when his people were challenging him by questioning him. And he says, وَكَفَى بِرَبِّكَ It is sufficient. That your Lord Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will be the guide and will be the one who will give support. Nobody else can guide, nobody else can support but Allah. لا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم There is no power nor will only by Allah Almighty God, the most great, the most noble subhanahu wa ta'ala. I want from this for us living in the Western world here, mixing with everybody, every race, every culture, every religion, to realize if we are upon the truth, when we see everybody, our role is to give the best. Never to judge, never to argue, never to fight, never to manipulate, never to cheat, never to lie, never to deceive, but to act upon the truth by what we say and what we do. And that will be sufficient for us because the victory will come from Allah and the support will come from Him and Allah alone, He will guide. Allah alone, He will guide. None can guide but Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala. None. It is Allah who gives the guidance to those whom He wish to guide. And then again the kuffar started saying other things. وَقَالَ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا لَوْ عَلَيْهِ الْقُرْآنَ جُمْلَةً وَاحِدًا Those who disbelieved they became so angry. Every time we go to him and we challenge him, he will wait for an answer. If only he can prove to us that he has all the knowledge by asking for all the Quran to be revealed to him at once. Little they know, little they know that the Quran was revealed to him at once in Laylatul Qadr, in the cave of Hira, into his heart. Allah said to him, نَذَلَ بِهِ عَلَىٰ قَلْبِكَ الرُّوحَ الْأَمِينَ نَذَلَ بِهِ عَلَىٰ قَلْبِكَ The one who's trusted in bringing the message to you, O Muhammad, he came down with it into your heart. And he is the most trustworthy. الروح, Sayyidina Jibreel alayhi salam, brought it to your heart. He didn't bring some of it. He didn't bring part of it. 
I wanted to correct your understanding if you said that Muhammad in Laylatul Qadr only he brought to him the verses of Iqra. No. Allah said, Inna anzalnahu. We have revealed it all. Inna anzalnahu. All of it. From the beginning to the end. In his heart. But, because they didn't understand that he was waiting for answers because he is guided by the guide, Allah Almighty God. He will never do anything just because of his own wishes or desires. Allah said about this in the Quran, وَإِنَّهُ لَا يَنْطُقُ عَنِ الْهَوَىٰ إِنْ هُوَ إِلَّا وَحْيٌ يُوحَىٰ It is he, Muhammad Sallam, who never chooses to direct himself to act upon any act or say anything from his own desire or whim. Indeed, everything he does is from the wahi he receives. So Jibreel used to come to him and reveal to him that which will sort out the problem. If they ask about the ruh, he will tell him. And they ask thee about the ruh, tell them of the commandment of my ruh. They ask him about anything else, the answer comes. Anything. From Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and it is chosen that way. And this is the way to teach the ummah. It took 23 years for the Quran to be revealed in portions according to the happening at the time when it was happening. And everything was going all right. However, with all this pressure they are putting him into, with all the ugly fight they were putting across the poorer people by beating them, by shouting at them, by doing evil things to them, he was so hard working in his way, wanting every one of them to accept the message. He was always thinking of them, worried about them. He wanted all of them to come to the faith. You know why? Because he never wanted any human being to be punished. You know why? Because he knows what the punishment means. He knows how hard it is going to be. How could he want them to be punished when he was sent as mercy to them? How can he? And here today, I hear people saying, well, they can go to hell and pray for them. Oh Allah, please destroy them. Oh Allah, put them in the hellfire. How can we be following Muhammad and say such a thing? Remember those people who are doing this? They don't understand. They have no knowledge. They are covered. They are blinded. Kufr meaning being covered. Their hearts are being covered. They can't see the truth. We need to work with them to remove that covering from them. Like us, when we see an accident, we don't ask who is in the accident. Kafir, Muslim, white, black, whatever it is, we want to save them. You don't go to the car, oh, sorry, you're not one of mine. You don't say that. Do we do this? We don't do that. If you are a human being, if you are not racist, if you are not blinded, if you are not wicked, if you are not evil, when there is an accident, you want to save whoever is there, even if it is a creature, the creatures of God. You will save it. Even if it's a snake, you will take it out. Because the creature Allah created. You don't say, oh, astaghfirullah, it's just a snake. Let it die. He, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, said, show mercy even to the animals. Hatta al-baha'ima, ya Rasulullah. Even the animals were supposed to show mercy to? He said, hatta al-baha'ima, even the animals. He, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, is a source of mercy. He will never show anything but mercy to everything. So he wanted everybody in Mecca amongst his people, to receive. So he did not stop. He went on. They were ridiculing him. 
They were fighting him. They were beating his people, his companions who were following his path. They were doing everything. Okay? But, he was there. They came to him. They said, okay, we're coming now this time asking you, okay, let us stop dithering. If you really want us to believe in you, show us a mu'jiza. Show us a real miracle that we can all see. Not just for some of us. Everybody in the land will see it. So he said, if I show you something physical as an i'jaz, as a miracle, would you really believe in me? They said yes. He didn't say, well, they are liars. Every time they ask me and I promise them, they go against what I teach them. He said, okay, I'll show you. It was a, a moon night and the moon was full above the cave of Hira and the mountain of mercy and they could all see it. Those who are with him and those who are further away from him traveling, going out of Mecca or coming to Mecca, they could all see the full moon, clear sky. He turned to the moon and by the permission of Allah, he said to the moon, divide yourself into two halves. A half stay where you are and a half come down below the cave. And subhanallah, in front of all of them, the moon just split into two. You know what the wicked among them says? <laughs> this is Muhammad magic. Muhammad is just putting magic in your eyes. Muhammad is just making sihr to your eyes. Muhammad is blinding you. He's trying to show that the moon, since when the moon can break into two halves. Allah said in the Quran, revealing to prove this to us, because some of us today we think, well, it might be just a scientific happening. No. Correct your faith. It happened truly. The moon was divided into two, and I believe in it. Allah said, أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم اقتربت الساعة The hour has drawn nearer. قيامة is coming closer. وانشق القمر and the moon was split into two halves. يروا آية يعرض ويقول سحر مستمر However, the people of Mecca, the mushrikeen, whenever they see a sign, a miracle, they turn away from it. They say this is a continuous sihr of Muhammad, magic of Muhammad صلى الله عليه وسلم. When they started shouting, Sihr, Hada Muhammad, Hada Sahirukum, Hada Yasharukum. This is Muhammad. He is your magician. He is blinding you. He is making Sihr upon your eyes that you do not see. Because the magician, when he does magic, he blinds your eyes. He tricks you. It's a trickery. Muhammad said to them, Look, is the moon only seen by us here? He said, No. Of course, you know that. We know better than that. Everybody around will see the moon. He said, Okay. Any traveler coming in, you ask them, have you seen the moon tonight? Or, to do it better, don't even say nothing. Wait for them to give you the news. And subhanAllah, soon, travelers come running with their coming in to Makkah and they say, have you seen the moon? Have you seen what happened? And when all came and arrived and said the same thing from different direction, they had nothing to say. But yet their hearts still were blinded were full of anger and rage against Muhammad because he is taking them away from the faith of their fathers, not because they believe in the faith of their fathers, but because they believe that's the only way they can cheat the poor and the needy and take their money and slaver them and put them in a position that they can rule the world as they want it. Okay? In this year, the punishment upon those who are weakest became so harsh. 
especially people like Bilal. They were really, whenever he was found alone, they will throw stones at him, they will beat him up, they will put him on the floor, and they will come and do evil things to him. Ask the children to throw things for him. And Ala Yasir, Ammar, the young companion of Prophet ﷺ, among the youngest to believe initially, his father, Yasir, his mother, Sumaya, were tortured. So badly that Muhammad ﷺ was never seen so sad. He used to pass, looking at them from far, being hanged, beaten, and they are elderly people. He will just shout loudly and will say, Sabran ala Yasir, Sabran ala Yasir, inna mu'idukum jannah Be patient, family of Yasir. Be patient, family of Yasir. For indeed, your promise is paradise. Meaning if you die, you will be put directly to paradise. And later on the Quran revealed, وَلَا تَحْتَبَنَّ الَّذِينَ قُتِلُوا فِي سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ أَمْوَادْ بَلْ أَحْيَاءٍ Never think for a moment those who were martyred for the sake of their Lord are dead. Never think like that. However, they are alive with their Lord sustained. And Ala Yasir, Yasir and Sumayya were the first to be destroyed for the sake of Allah. They were the first martyrs of Islam to enter paradise. To be with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Ibn Abbas said, Allah exchanged their bodies by different bodies and they are living under the throne of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Amongst all those shuhada, okay, who will follow them, inshallah. Okay. When they were killed, the Prophet became very sad. Yet he was happy for them to be with Allah. But yet very sad because he knew more will be killed now. The door has been opened now. These mushrikeen are not going to listen. They are not going to accept anything. If Muhammad does not change his way, they will just go for the kill. So what he did, he said to them, especially the poorer one, in his statement, لو خرجتم إلى أرض الحبشة فإن بها ملكا لا يظلم عنده أحد وهي أرض صدق حتى يجعل لكم حتى يجعل الله لكم فرجا مما أنتم فيه. This is a statement said exactly by the Prophet to those who are weakest among his believers. And generally to anyone else who wanted to listen to this message. Okay? لو خرجتم إلى أرض الحبشة listen to me my companions if you only escape to the land of the Habash. The Habash is a tribe. The Habash is a tribe. There are many tribes who live in the east coast of Africa, where part of it today is North Sudan, Eritrea. Okay? This part, going deeper, a little bit to the west, used to be a kingdom called the Kingdom of Abyssinia. In it lived many different tribes, from the Nuba in the north to the south, where the Habash are, and still they are there, the Habash. Now, subhanAllah, he said, travel to this land. You will find in it, okay? Goodness. Why? Because in it there is a king who is just, and no one will be wronged in his kingdom. No one will be wronged in his kingdom. And listen to what he said. Here are the Sidq. This land is a land of truth. Today people ask me, where to go? If I'm to go anywhere, I'll go there. Because it was there, or then it was the land of Sadr, it's still the land of Sadr. 
you travel in it, you'll find always. Although some of it is the most poorest land in the world. But I promise you, in it you'll find the most genuine people in the world. The most happiest people in the world. The people who will kill their goat of milk to feed their children to feed you as a guest. And they will never worry about where their next meal will come from. It's a land from which the greatest men came. Such as Luqman al-Hakim. The Nun al-Masri. Bilal al-Habashi. And many others I can mention. And the queen of Sheba. This is where she came from. This is the land where they came from. Now, he said, go there, sallallahu stay in that land until Allah open a way for you so that you can come back rather than staying in the way you see your friends being punished before you. Then again, he kept reminding them by saying, اتخذ السودان, اتخذ السودان. Go to the land of the black people. Cross the sea. Go to Africa. For indeed that land, three of its people are going to be the leading masters of paradise. And they were listening to him. He said to them, Luqman, min ahl al-jannah. Luqman al-Hakim. A surah is being mentioned. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent Jibreel Timan asked him, Ya Luqman, Allah is offering you to become a king or to become a prophet. What do you want? He said, neither a king nor a prophet. A king with a big responsibility. And maybe your nafs will mislead you to misguide people and oppress them. And a prophet with a great test. People follow you, listen to you or not follow you. Allah said, what do you want? When he refused, he said, I want wisdom, knowledge. And therefore Allah names him Luqman al-Hakim, Luqman the wise man. He chose. That's the best thing. Okay? When Najashi, the Negus, the king of Athenia, he's going to be one of the leading men of paradise, inshallah. Wabilal al Habash. And Bilal ibn Rabah. Radiallahu ta'ala anhu. The one the Prophet when he went for Mi'raj, he already heard him going to paradise. While he was alive, he used to go there every day. Anytime he wants to go, he will just go to the heaven. What does this tell me? That me and you today, if we are in the position of Bilal, we can go to the heaven and come back. Every day. Let anybody challenge me. Any human being who is closest to Allah today can go to the heavens. You don't need a shuttle. You don't need a suit to wear because you're going to be bent when you leave the earth atmosphere. No, you will go there. No, nothing. Muhammad went. Many prophets went. They didn't wear okay, suits to take them away there. They just went. Allah is protecting them. And we can do that. Many of us have the chance to go there. Jazakumullah al Through what? Through okay, our dreams. Many see. But wallah, Allah is my witness. There are many who go by their physical body. You can travel to the first heaven and meet Sayyidina Adam. You can travel to the second heaven and meet Sayyidina Yahya alayhi salam and Sayyidina Isa and many others. You can travel to the third heaven and see Sayyidina Yusuf alayhi salam. You can go to the fourth heaven and see Sayyidina Idris alayhi salam and many others. You can go to the fifth heaven and see Sayyidina Harun. The sixth heaven and see Sayyidina Musa. Seventh heaven and see Sayyidina Ibrahim alayhi salam. And many other human beings who live there. They ask, are there any human there? There are. Many of them. Sayyidina Muhammad salam said, when I saw Harun, I didn't see him alone. I saw he's sitting in a circle like this, teaching. They are learning. They are having their books. 
alayhi salam alayhim salam jamian so we need to think of those people as the good people so Muhammad sallam said travel to that land ardul habash the land of the people who are called the habash ard sudan the land of the dark colored people go to that land you will find in it okay good then one day he was sitting like this when it is becoming too hard he wanted somebody to take the lead he didn't want to command somebody. He didn't want to say, you, 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 go. No, no, he didn't want to do that. That's not his way. I see many people who are trying to follow the Mashaikh. They're waiting for the Sheikh to order them or command them. They will never do that if they know their past. No Sheikh will say to you, do this or do that. They will guide you. They will hint for you. But you make the choice. This is the Prophet's way, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. They're not dictators. They're not dictators. They are people there to show by example. Examples for people. So Uthman was sitting with other men around him. Then he pointed to Uthman and said, Uthman ibn Affar radiallahu ta'ala anhu. And at that time Uthman was married to his daughter Ruqiyya radiallahu ta'ala anha. And he said, Admata bidalika, ya Uthman, falyakun wajhaka ila hadha rajul bil habasha. Did you hear what I am saying, O oh Uthman? Did you understand the message I am saying? You should turn your face to that man who's leading in Abyssinia. He means the Negus and Najash. For indeed, he is a man who will never break his promise. He will look after those people whom he has given a promise to look after. And he will fulfill whatever he promised. However, if you choose to go, take with you Ruqayya, my daughter. Don't go by yourself. And he went again to say, do not leave her behind. And anybody who sees your point of view is correct to go to Habasha, he can go with you. Take him with you. Will يتجه هناك And they should all travel to that land. But remember, all of them who choose to go with you, they must carry their wives with them. وَلَا تُخَلِّفُهُنَّ and do not leave them behind. This is reported by Imam Suyuti. Now, subhanAllah, here Rasulullah is teaching Uthman. It is time now we should gain some knowledge of the knowledge of the past. Hijrah, migration. If we have got the truth, we don't have to fight for it unless we are able to. If we can't defend ourselves until our brothers and sisters being manipulated, being beaten up, being mistreated, being abused, being oppressed, then those who have the ability, go. I know you, Usman, you are rich and you travel a lot. Go and save yourself in that land. At least you will save the deen. But when you go take your wife with you, his own daughter, Ruqayya, he didn't say, don't take my daughter with you, keep her with me. No, he said, take your wife. And then, anyone who will agree with your point of view of going there, because you have the means... Take them with you. Whosoever have a vehicle, 
should carry with him those who have no vehicles. Not just pass them by. Many of you will leave me now. You put your car, you see people walking to the station. You are driving to Willis. Yeah, stop, brother, jump with me. Stand here after the let's say anybody going to Willis Dingri, anybody going to Willis, whatever station, I'm going that direction. And you see people who were with you say, Oh, they were just in the circle there. Where are we at the Sunnah then? Where are we at the teaching? The one who have a vehicle to carry others should give them a chance. He وسلم, used to carry people with him behind him and in front of him. He used to take people behind him and in front of him. Just like you see today when you travel to other countries in Pakistan, for example, in a bicycle or a motorcycle, you see seven, eight. Alhamdulillah, the father is sitting, his wife behind him, she's carrying two in her two legs, she's carrying one in her back, and the father is putting his big daughter in front of him, she's carrying two as well. And if there is a little one sitting on the handle, in the front, pointing out right, left. And he's only three or four years old. And our children near 11, 12, they can't even know how to cross the road. Subhanallah. We need to... See, when I go to Pakistan, I really love it. Because I see all those little kids so clever. You go to all the third world, mashallah. Here you see them, 17 year old, mom, can I have my dinner? And a five year old go and bring the dinner to his mom. Allahu Akbar. Work for it, sweat. Work hard. And be, mom, this is the money. Allahu Akbar. Allahu Akbar. We need to think. We need to think. So here, the lesson is, Move. If you don't find ease where you live, move. Some people say to me, oh, life in Lingaland, terrible. Why are you here then? Ardullahi wasi'ah, the land of Allah is spacious. Go to another country. This is the land of Kufr. Allahu Akbar. If you know that, why are you sitting here then? <laughs> and where's This is the land of war. Ardul Harb. If this is the land of war, you are not supposed to be in the land of war. You are supposed to go to the land of peace. Ridiculous, ridiculous, seriously, stupid. This is, I'm telling you the seerah. This is the Prophet. We don't just read the seerah just as a beautiful story and close it and put it until next year and then read it again. No, 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 no. We practice the lessons of the seerah. So here, Sayyidina Usman ibn Affan is being given the instruction to look for a way out, but to take his wife with him. Don't tell your family when you go home, look, I'm going to make hijrah, but I will go first, check everything, spend two, three years, and then come back. And we will spend one year and say, okay, stay there, I have found the wife here. Astaghfirullah al-Azim. This is what they do, oh, it's a sunnah to marry for. All this is rubbish. Okay, this is not Islam. Islam is to keep your family and to be with your wife and your children. Okay? The first hijrah then started. The Prophet when Uthman told him he's going, and there are men going with him. Subhanallah, such as Ibn Mas'ud, radiallahu ta'ala, because he was poor. Okay? And Uthman ibn Mas'ud, he was a wise man, he knows the way of traveling in the sea, so the Prophet chose him to be the leader, to guide them. It is said there are different numbers, but the most authentic, there were 11 men, 4 women, and few children. Among the men, as I said, Uthman ibn Affan, Uthman ibn Maz'un and Abu Salama 
and his wife Umm Salama, and among the ladies, Ruqayya bint Rasulullah Sallam, and Baraka, Umm Ayman al-Habashiyya, because she's from there, and she used to be with Ruqayya, she used to be the nanny of Muhammad Sallam, the last one to look after him, when his mother died when she was six, we discussed this and we talked about it, Baraka, she was saying to the Prophet, I want to go with them, she said, yes, go. So they took the journey, they crossed the sea, and they arrived in Abyssinia, and they were welcome. They were there, normally, doing their own thing. After a while, this is, by the way, five years from the beginning of the revelation, when the Prophet age was 45 years old. Subhanallah, everything was calm, everything was good, they settled. They didn't hear any bad news coming, because there was traveling and journeys going coming. They felt there is peace in Mecca, they can go back. So, one year in their time, they decided to come back. When they came back to Mecca, the Prophet asked them, why did you come back? They said, well, we felt there is peace. He said, no, it's still hard in Mecca. In fact, I was going to send more people to go. This time, the Prophet said to them, you should go. And more of you should go. And this time, he asked Ja'far ibn Abi Talib, the brother of Ali ibn Abi Talib, to lead the delegation. And they say over 80 men, 84 or even extra, 83 some people say, many of them, they th- and many, many women and many children, and they are written, I have a book written with one of my mashayikh, it has got all the names of the people who made hijrah in the first time and the second time, and what they did and where they died, and if they have children born in Abyssinia, or the children born in Mecca when they return, or born in Medina, all of it is recorded and authenticated. There is nothing left to chance. In fact, some of the best history of Islam is of that time. Because it's all written by those good people. Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen. Now they arrived. They were again welcomed. And those who knew the way, they took people around. They showed them to the people. They were living comfortably. And they're having their life normally. Okay? This time among them was Abu Hudayf ibn al-Yaman, radiallahu ta'ala anhu. With Zubair ibn al-Awwam, radiallahu ta'ala anhu, Muz'ab ibn Umair, radiallahu ta'ala anhu. These are the greatest companions. Abdurrahman ibn Awf, radiallahu These are people whom the Prophet promised paradise, alayhi abdullah salatu wassalam. And again, Abdullah ibn Mas'ud. Now when you look, look at these names, if you read the Sahaba's stories, these are the greatest companions after the Khulafa. When you think about Hudayf ibn al-Yaman, do you know who he is? Did you read his story? Go and Google it. Thank God for Google. <laughs> Seriously, you can find everything. Read the stories of those men. I'm telling you, because in their stories, there are lessons for those who want to further themselves spiritually. Abu Hudayfa ibn al-Yaman, Al-Zubayr ibn al-Awwam, Muz'ab ibn Umayr. Did you know what the Prophet said about him? Subhanallah. Look at his story. You learn a lot of lessons. And Abdurrahman ibn Awf, radiallahu ta'ala anhu warda. Okay? These are men, you need to read their stories, plus Ja'far ibn Abi Talib, plus Usman ibn Affan, Usman ibn Maz'oon, okay? and the rest. Just find their stories, read them. There is too much to learn. Some of it you can sit, like somebody like me to listen to, but some of them you need to go and research yourself. And find it, and it's not really too much to ask for, because it is important for increasing your iman. Allah said to the Prophet Sallam, when the Mushrikeen said to him, you should ask all the Quran to come to you at once, Allah said to him, O Muhammad, and do recite this Quran slowly. 
لا تحرك به لسانك تعجل به وانت تريفيل تو يو دونت موف يور تنغ تو رش ويز ات واي وي ار ريفيلينج ات تو يو او محمد تو فيرم يور ايمان تو فيرم يور فيث لنثبت به فؤادك سو ذات يور ايمان بيكم كونكريت سترونج ان يور هارت هو نيد فيرمينج اوف ايمان محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم اور اس بي فير هو نيد ات وي نيد ات سو وي نيد تو ريد ذا ستوريز Of the Quran, we need to read. Alaykum assalam, rahmatullah. Welcome. We need to read the stories. Welcome, come in, Abdul Mahmud. We need to read the stories. Okay, come forward. Alaykum assalam, rahmatullah. We need to read those stories. If we don't read them, then we are only denying ourselves the furthering, okay, of our iman, the increasing. Fadl Sidi, alaykum assalam, rahmatullah. Taala, kif halkum. Okay, this is so important for everybody to think and to talk about so that we can benefit. From insha'Allah. Okay? Now, when they went and settled, and there were too many of them, the mushrikeen became so annoyed and so angry. They felt these ones sitting there, they are going to further the deen by many people then joining them. And you know what bothers them? Muhammad Sallam is winning. He is becoming victorious. He is furthering his message. We are losing. People are denying our gods. People are putting us down. We're going to lose our means of living. This is what worried them. Means of living. The wealth. They will fight for it and they will die for it. Nothing else. Okay? Now, they chose two people. They chose Umar ibn al-As, who later on became Muslim. Alhamdulillah. وعبيد بن أبي ربيعة okay. one of the people whom they used to trust and respect and they brought every noble man and woman and they said look if we really want to save ourselves and save our idols and save our religions we need to bring those people back so let us honor the king of Abyssinia by gifting him gifts from our presence So whoever wants to save our gold, put the money. So they all brought the gold, the silver, the money, whatever they can bring, they brought. And they gave it to those two, and they said, travel with it, and gift the king, and gift the churchmen, because they knew they were Christian. Give them gifts, the leaders of the church, and ask them to bring those people back. Hopefully they will give them. When they come back, we will deal with them. And we will destroy this religion once and for all. Okay? Okay. They came to Najashi. And I'm quoting exactly what they said. Amr ibn al-As and his companion ibn Rabi'ah. They stood up before the king and Najashi. And his religious men in the palace. And they said, Ayuha al-Malik. O you wise king. Your majesty. إنه لجأ إلى بلد الملك والمملكة منا قلمان سفهاء. Indeed, to the land of kingdom and to the land of the king, the noble king, Negus, some of our unwise youth have seek refuge in your kingdom. فارقوا دين قومهم ولم يدخلوا في دينكم. They left the religion of their people. However, they do not 
they did not enter into your religion. And they have come with an innovated religion. A religion that they yet made up themselves. We don't know this religion they are making up. And even you, you do not know this religion. And we have been sent by the most noblest people in their tribes. From their parents and their uncles and their next of kin. So that you can retain them back to them. For they know them better and more closer to them. Look at this wicked way. They are standing there like foxes, speaking with humility to the Negos, saying to him, we are coming from the most noblest people who are related to those wicked youth. They don't know anything. They are misguided youth. They want them back because they left their religion. They concocted up a religion made by themselves. They innovated something new. Neither us nor you will know it. We people of religion. You know us, we know you. They put a message for destruction because this is their intention. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows the truth. The religious men in his palace, the Gasausa or Batariga, okay, they said, Sadaqa, they have spoken the truth, or both of them have spoken the truth, meaning Umar ibn al-As and Ibn Abi Rabi'ah. Ayyuha al-Malik, fa'aslimhum ilayhima. Oh, you wise king, you should give them back to them. Allah is there. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will never leave alone those who trust in him, those who depend upon him, those who seek from him, those who fear nothing but him subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah is there. The king became so angry. Najashi became so angry. And he refused. He said, no. Why should I give them back? <coughs> and by Allah Almighty God, I will not give them back. Suddenly Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has put fire in his heart. And then he said, okay. We will do the justice that we always do and we know. Bring them to me. Send for them. When they came to his presence, he says, this is his word. ما هذا الدين الذي قد فارقتم فيه قومكم؟ ما هذا الدين الذي قد فارقتم فيه قومكم؟ What is religion that made you migrate and leave your people for? ولم تدخلوا في ديني ودين أحد من أهل هذه الملل؟ And you never entered into my religion or any of the known religions of the different people like the Jews at the time and other religions that were there. Subhanallah. Ja'far ibn Abi Talib, the leader, the wise man, the spokesman of Rasulullah the most eloquent among all the Arabs at the time, stood up. And not to show off, not to put down, not to claim anything, he spoke about them. And this is where I want you to learn. And I want myself to take 
example. We should never try to put people down by showing we are better because we are Muslims, because we believe. No, no. Your Islam could be taken from you like that. Allah could put you down at any time. Allah says, وَيْلٌ لِلْمُصَلِّينَ الَّذِينَ هُمْ عَنْ صَلَاتِهِمْ سَهَؤُونَ الَّذِينَ هُمْ يُرَاؤُونَ وَيَمْنَعُونَ الْمَعُونَ Woe for those who pray. How could Allah punish those who pray? Those who show off. Showing off, even with faith, has no position. أَيُّهَا الْمَلِكُ Oh, you wise king. كُنَّا قَوْمًا أَهْلِ جَاهِلِيَةِ We used to be people of ignorance. نَعْبُدُ الْأَصْنَامِ وَنَأْكُلُ الْمَيِّتَ وَنَأْتِ الْفَوَاحِشِ We used to worship the idols. We eat the dead animal. And we do all corrupted actions. Wicked actions. وَنَقْطَعُ الْأَرْحَامِ وَنُسِيءُ الْجِوَارِ We never used to link with our next of kin. We need to be wicked to our neighbors. وَيَأْكُلُ الْقَوِيمِ مِنَ الضَّعِيفِ And the strong will always take the right of the weak amongst us. فَكُنَّا عَلَى ذَلِكْ حَتَّى بَعَثَ اللَّهُ إِلَيْنَا رَسُولًا مِنَّا نَعْرِفْ نَسَبَهُ وَصِدْغَهُ And we are always living such a life until Allah has brought for us a messenger from amongst us. We know his family, his blood link, and his truthfulness and honesty وَأَمَانَتَهُ وَعَفَافَهُ and his cleanliness and purity. فَدَعَانَا إِلَى اللَّهِ لِنْوَحِدَهُ He invited us to Allah so that he can worship him alone. And worship him rightly. And we leave everything that we and our fathers used to worship beside him subhanahu wa ta'ala. From the rocks and the idols. And he commanded us to speak the truth. And to fulfill the trust. وَصِلَةَ الرَّحِمِ And to link to our next of kin. وَحِسْنَ الْجُوَارِ And to be good to our neighbors. وَالْكَفْعَنَ الْمَحَارِمِ And to keep away from all that which Allah has forbidden. وَالْدِمَاءِ And never spill or shed blood. وَنْهَانَ عَلَى الْفَوَاحِشِ And he has forbidden us from wicked action and wicked words. وَغَوْلَ الزُّورِ And saying that which will bring evil in the community. Which is slander. وأكل مال اليتيم and eating the wealth of the orphan وقصف المحصنات and saying evil word about clean chaste women وأمرنا أن نعبد الله وحده ولا نشرك به شيئا and he has commanded us to worship Allah alone and never take partners to him وأمرنا بالصلاة والزكاة والصيام and he commanded us to pray to give zakah and to fast and then He mentioned all the things that Islam is supposed to be about. فَصَدَّغْنَاهُ وَأَمَنَّا بِهِ We trusted him and we believed in him. وَاتَّبَعْنَاهُ عَلَى مَا جَاءَ بِهِ مِنَ اللَّهِ فَعَبَدْنَا اللَّهُ وَحْدَهِ فَلَمْ نُشْرِكْ بِهِ شَيْئًا We followed him through that which he brought to us from Allah. So we worshipped Allah alone and we are not taking any part not with Allah. وَحَرَّمْنَا مَا حَرَّمَ عَلَيْنَا We have forbidden for ourselves anything he said it is haram. And we made lawful to ourselves anything that he said it is lawful. Our people 
became our enemies, although we didn't do anything against them, they started punishing us. And they tried to take us away from our religion. So that they can return us back to the worship of the idol. Taking us away from the worship of the one God Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to return us back to worshiping those idols. And they want us to go back to that which is evil. Look at the word he was saying. They never turn to those two and insulted them. They never said they are liars. They never turned to anybody among the mushrikeen of Mecca, among the leaders, among the nobles, and said wicked things about them. They never mentioned Abu Jahl. They never mentioned Abu Lahab. They never mentioned anybody. They only turned about what they came to do. They came to save their religion. And their religion is nothing to be said by the tongue. It's to put in practice. So they said to him, we are here to do that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has commanded us to do through this noble man whom we trust, whom we respect, whom we want to follow. We don't want to do anything else but follow Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam. Now, I wanted to compare this to what you come across. If you look at our ummah today, one of the signs of weaknesses, we are always blaming the other. We are always pointing fingers. Whatever happened in the world, we are always saying, it is this or it is that. It is those or it is those. We never think of ourselves. We never project the goodness that we have. We should move away from that, from this lesson Ja'far radiallahu ta'ala anhu has given to us. Okay? Now. فَلَمَّا قَهَرُونَ وَظَلَمُونَ O oh, your majesty, when they oppressed us and they wronged us, or they made it difficult for us to live in Mecca, our land, among them, our people, and they started coming between us and our religion, we didn't fight them, we didn't accuse them, we didn't do anything evil to them, we just decided to migrate. And who gave them the commandment? Rasulullah what does it mean? Wherever you live, if you find the worship of Allah difficult for you, if people are oppressing you, if life is miserable, if you cannot make ends meet, hajr, make hijrah. Don't abuse the people. It makes me feel sad. Wallah, when I hear our people, like myself, who are, we are immigrants living in this land, coming from difficulty to ease, coming from war to peace, coming from no jobs to job. Coming from no income to income. Coming from no education to education. Coming from difficulty to ease. And once we are settled here, we cheat, we lie, we deceive, and we say, these kuffar, these miserable people, this land of wicked people. Astaghfirullah al-Azim. Can you imagine somebody come to you, ring your bell, knock at your door, you, they are hungry, they are thirsty, they are frightened, they need refuge, you take them in, you give them new clothes, you give them a bed to sleep, you feed them, your children are serving them, and after three days, they call you names. They abuse you. They tell you off. They call you wicked. They call you evil. They call you any name they like. They are putting you down. They are asking you to leave or to follow their way. Would you, I am asking you the question, would you allow them to stay in your life, in your home, that you own and bought by your own money, 
I promise you, from the first instant, you'll ask them to leave. Now we are living in this land by our own choice and by the permission of Allah. If we are to act upon the sunnah properly, we should do what these people did. Not abuse the people whom have given us that peace. Look at us. In the land where we call the land of Kufr, we have a place to worship Allah. Nobody is giving us trouble. Nobody is coming and breaking the walls. The neighbors, most of them are not Muslim. They're not coming and saying, what are you doing here? We make the dhikr loud. The brothers down the stairs now, they're shouting, La ilaha illallah. Nobody will come and say, what are you doing? In fact, they wonder, oh, very good. <laughs> this is what they say, lovely. They don't even understand it. So we need to be very careful about what we say. Okay? So they said to him, we have chosen to come to your country. And we have chosen you, O King Nogos, and preferred you for many others whom we could have chosen. And we have chosen to be your neighbors in your land. And our hope that we will never be wronged in your kingdom. And subhanallah, the king turned to Ja'far and said, هَلْ مَعَكَ مَا جَاءَ بِهِ صَحِبِكُمْ عَنِ اللَّهِ مِنْ شَيْءٍ هَلْ مَعَكَ إِذْ ذَيَ وِذْ يُو مَا جَاءَ بِهِ صَحِبِكُمْ That which your friend has brought to you عن الله من شيء Anything from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala He's asking him Relate to me what this man is saying This prophet of yours Say something قال جعفر جعفر then said نعم Of course قال Read for me. And you know what he was given, inspired by Allah, to read for them because they are Christian Surah Maryam. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim Kaf Hayain Sad Dikur Rahmat Rabbika Abdahu Zakariya. Allahu Akbar. The mention of your Lord, his servant, Zakariya. And I started reading about the birth, okay, of Sayyidina Yahya alayhi salam and the good news that came to Sayyidina Zakaria about him and started talking about Maryam and the birth of Sayyidina Isa. By Allah Almighty God, all the narration that were narrating the story, they say the king was crying so much until his beard was full of tears and it was dripping. And all the Batariga, all the church leaders were crying so much, their books were in front of them because they always sit and think, until their tears wet their books before them. They were crying and crying, and you could hear their crying and their weeping. The companion who were there, they were crying. Because Ja'far was a good reciter, and he was touching their hearts. Because the word is the word of God. It is the truth from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's not his fabrication, as some people think, or the word of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Then the Najashi or the king says, In Nahada Waladi Jaabihi Isa Yahrujumi Mishkatin Wahida. Indeed, this what you are reciting, and that which Isa alayhi salam, son of Mary, brought, comes from the same beginning. Then he turned to the two men of Quraysh, Amr ibn Al-As, Ibn Abi Rabi'ah, and said, in a hard way, 
Leave my presence and go back to your land for by Allah Almighty God I will never give them to you. Listen, learn here Muhammad Sallam knew when he said to Uthman ibn Affan Oh Uthman, go to this land take those who are unable remember to take your wife with you don't leave her behind and whoever chooses to come with you if they have a wife, they must take their wife with them. And they should never leave them behind. For indeed, that man, no one will be wronged in his kingdom. This is the proof. The prophecy of Muhammad They brought all the presents. They brought all the money. They brought all the gold. They brought all the silver. No. And Allah said in the Quran, Indeed, if the kings enter any place, they will ruin it because they only want the wealth and the money. Nothing else. So you need to think wisely. That man is a good man. That man comes from a good land. Okay? The Prophet said it's a good land. If you want to make hijrah, if you find life here, go there. He said, Ardu Khair. It's a land of goodness. Okay? When he said to Usman ibn Affan and the companion, go there. This is a land of goodness. A land in which there is a lot of good. And I promise you, I traveled across it, I see nothing but good. Even just when you look at it, you see good in that land because the people are good people. Then, Amr ibn al-As, he was a clever man. When he felt he was defeated and the king was angry and they have no place and to go to Mecca empty-handed, he failed, he turned to the king, plotting like a snake at that moment of time. May Allah forgive what he did and may Allah bless him. Okay? Ayyuhal Malik, O you, blessed king, They say about Isa, terrible things. Then the king turned to Ja'far and his companion and said, what do you say about Isa, son of Mary? Ja'far said, We only say about him what our Prophet brought to us. Abdullah, he is the servant of Allah. Rasuluhu and his messenger. and his spirit. and his word. That he put into Maryam. The chase. The virgin. Najashi was so excited by what Ja'far said, he got up from his seat and hit the ground by his hand and picked a small straw from it. This is a, a tradition we have. We know in, where we are. When somebody is telling something to you and you feel good about it, you hit the ground. Or when you are swearing, this is our tradition. So he hit the ground and then he picked a small straw in his hand, piece of wood. And then he turned to the two men who were trying to be wicked and said, Wallahi ma ibn Maryam ala ma By Allah Almighty God, Isa cannot be increased in position by what you said, even the size of this little piece of wood. That means what you said about Isa is exactly what I believe. What happened is those two men could not say anything else. 
What are they going to say? Do they know what Ja'far is saying? Do they memorize the Quran? Do they understand the Quran? Of course not. Then, he turned to the Muslim and said, My land is your land. My help is here all the time for you. Whatever you need and require from me, you will find. I am here for you. As long as you are living to worship your God and follow your messenger. And subhanallah, to finish with, at that time, many more Muslims started coming and going and things became better for those Muslims. And many of them returned later on when the Prophet made hijrah. And that is another eight years later. That is another eight or seven years later when the Prophet made hijrah after completing 13 years in Mecca. But in that time, while they're living with the king, subhanallah, many things happened. To finish with, I'll just tell you a few things. Number one, Abu Salama, the wife Um Salama who became the, the bride or the wife of Rasulullah her husband Abu Salama found the way in Abyssinia different than Mecca and there are new routes and there are things to do of Jahiliya and drinking he followed that path and he became murtad he rejected the deen Um Salama because she was a believer she knew that she cannot live with somebody who rejected Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. she went to the king and told him now, I'm living in your land. My prophet is far away. What am I to do? I'm not going to live with him. So that was the very act to show that he was close to us than his own people. So he allowed her to separate from her husband. Separation happened. Straight away. Because this is the law of the land. She's living in Abyssinia. Later on, subhanallah, the king himself his people began to worry and began to think of him as taking their side too much because he began to look after them, care for them. So they came out to fight him. He stood in on one side and there another side and he saved the situation. Okay? By pointing out to them that he used to always carry like a covenant of his father before him in following their faith. That he will always follow that. And the scholars say, at that moment of time, in that he is pointing that he will always follow the path of Isa according to what that Muhammad has brought to him. And he heard. Sayyidina Muhammad, when he heard the news that Umm Salama is separated and she had no husband, and she did it because she believed in him, he chose to marry her. Who conducted the wedding? The king, Negus. The Prophet wrote to him a message and saying to him, this is one of our women who is no longer in her marriage agreement. Rather than her becoming single, I would marry her. And the nikah was performed. And when the Prophet heard that the king had passed away, him and his companion in Medina prayed his janazah. Yes. Now all these lessons tell us a lot. I don't want to delay you. I don't want to say anything, but I want you to think. We don't study the seerah and look at these things and look at the quotations, like I, I quoted their words, only to learn lessons from them. The seerah have no value if there is no lesson that can be learned from it. Any story that you read, if you cannot gain anything from it and put in your life and practice, 
has no value. Think wisely. Think carefully. Ponder upon what I have said. When you go next week, inshallah, until we meet next time, and we discuss the last seven years of the difficult time the Prophet has lived in Mecca before he went for the Hijrah. Inshallah. This is really serious. We're coming now, we're still not entering into what the Prophet began to teach and to do when he goes to Medina and begin, okay, the kingdom of Islam. And that took only 10 years to do. But 13 years, of which the first six to seven years, suffering. In that time, the Hijrah has taken place twice to Abyssinia, and thereafter, the preparation for the bigger Hijrah of Prophet himself to Medina. And even that Hijrah, he, sallallahu asked everybody to leave before him, and quietly, and he himself has to sneak out and to escape rather than putting himself in a position of strength so that the poor people among him, the people will be destroyed. If you look at well, our world today, you see our leaders, when there is difficulties, they are the first to take the plane and they rush away. All the leaders of our countries, when the going is going rough, where do they come? Paris, London, Washington, New York, Dublin, wherever they find refuge. Waiting like foxes until another chance to come, they can go back, either take the rule or join those who are taking the rule. That's it. What do they want? Dunya. Nothing else. And they stole all the money ticket. Nothing else. Yes. Huh? They stole all the money. Yes. And my brother is telling me and they steal all the money. It's true. Nothing else. Just remember the Arab Spring to give you just a ex real example. May Allah forgive those who, whatever they did, like Gaddafi because he died. When he died, where was his wealth? In the banks in America. Hosni Mubarak, where was his wealth? In the banks in America and in England. Even now, you look at all those in Syria. Where is their wealth? In here. So they put their wealth where they can escape to. Although the wealth is not going to go to their graves. If only they could have learned that the pharaohs buried their gold with them and their gold is found now and put into the museums. May Allah bless me and bless you. Guard me and guard you. Strengthen me and strengthen you. Give me tawfiq and give you tawfiq. And before we leave, yani, Yes, I need just to remind you, please read the verse from 16 to 35 in Surah Maryam. This is explained exactly the birthday of, of uh, Sayyidina Isa, Jesus. Because these days, as you know that, these people, they say that Jesus is the son of Allah, and this is a teacher, the people, uh, teacher, the, the children in the school. Jesus is the son of Allah. But this verse will explain uh, the birthday of Sayyidina Isa, and it, is, it must be to teach your children about this matter. It is very important. Did you hear that? Yeah. My brother Abdul Mahmoud is saying, since we are living to, through the days of Christmas, our children who are going to the normal school, they are taught in the school that Jesus is the son of God. But if you read from Surah Maryam, Surah number, anybody know Surah Maryam, what number? 19, uh, 19 yeah? Uh, 16 or 19? 19. 19. From verse 16 to 35, it's a story of the birthday, or the birth of Isa, السلام, in which you'll find Allah. He said, please read it, and if you haven't read it before, read it, and read it to your children so that they understand Isa is not the son of God but Isa is the servant of God as Ja'far ibn Abi Talib said Muhammad Sallam taught us he is the servant of God he is the messenger of God he is the word of God that Allah has put into Maryam and he is the spirit of God the Quran says so yes there is no doubt about that Kalimatuhu al ila Maryam 
But you'll find this in the Quran, inshallah. 